This episode of the Troy Boys podcast was recorded before the events that have befallen the University of Virginia campus and football program. The Troy Boys are saddened to hear of these tragic events, and we would like to extend our thoughts and prayers with all of Cavalier Nation. This is Brandon Silvers, and you're listening to the Troy Boys podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Troy Boys Podcast. It is now ULM Week. Uh, we are we put Army behind us. Um, get ready for Senior Day, the last home game this season. Um, as we get ready to honor our seniors, um, and you know, on a sad note, bid goodbye to the vet. Um, and uh, before we enter in um, to the postseason and the off season. Uh, I cannot celebrate uh, the thrilling win against Army alone. Uh, allow me to welcome in the chairman of the board, the best in the business. He makes 20,000 leagues under the sea, the place to be, Seabass. Hey, Joe, it's good to be back. You know, uh, I really um, need Sara and Troy to start investing in having a couple more cardiologists on hand um because <laughs> oh my gosh I, I i do not know how many heart jerkers i can handle in one season in the vet um because that that was that was rough uh but we got through it yeah. and uh a win is a win no sense in apologizing for it let's move forward and look ahead to the warhawks this week yeah you know they don't ask you how they just ask you how many um, but boy, at some point they're going to ask you how, um, this is getting, um, this is getting to be kind of a weekly tradition that, that is hard to stomach. Um, Bass, you, I was actually, um, up in new England. Um, I've been up there for about nine days. Um, so I was watching, um, on my laptop, uh, enjoying it and, um, trying not to, um, That's make right. too much noise. And yeah, you were one part me. of our, uh, um, Troy, uh, Troy boys, coast to coast. You were a part coast of that. Coast to coast. That's right. Yeah. Um, but you were in the vet. Um, you were part of the record-breaking attendance. Um, so give us a report uh, from there on the ground. What was it like in the vet for this? Yeah, it, it was packed. You know, uh, like you said, record-breaking attendance for a game with the vet. Thirty-one thousand and ten people. Um, and it felt like it. Uh, it, it was slammed um, from end to end. The student section was, uh, we had talked about it before, uh, you know, they, they took a bit to get in there, but when they got in there, the student section was packed out. I will say that I was rather disappointed at the, at the student section, how they just kind of vacated uh, in the middle of the third quarter. It, it was a little disheartening to see um, because this, in the you know, it, not in the grand scheme of the postseason for us is a big game, but just uh, for a measuring stick type of a team, uh, just trying to see how we're going to fare against a team that runs a totally different style of offense. Um, It is pretty, you know, obviously pretty decent on defense this year. Um, Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a little more investment from the students, Um, but with big crowds, all right, come big lines, at the concession stands um, and at the beer stands and in the bookstores. Um, And I I really, 
you know, given all the wonderful things that we did, and I'm not going to discredit that, you know, uh, uh, Military Appreciation Day was great. Uh, it, it was, we had the big flag, we had some guys taking some oaths, uh, you know, we had, the National Anthem was was stellar, we had the flyover, fireworks, uh, you know, the band at halftime was playing the the Armed Forces songs, and you got all, all, all the servicemen and women coming through the star. It was beautiful. It was great. We, we really did a wonderful job there. Um, but logistics for, uh, you know, just uh, going to get uh, uh, some nachos. I'm going to go get a Coke. Uh, that was rough. That was bad. Um, that, and there's no reason I should stand in a line for the entirety of the second quarter to pick up a beverage. Uh, there's no reason for it. Um, and they can't give me the, we didn't know it was going to be this crowded. Who, who, it it doesn't matter. Um, if you've sold that many tickets, you know, it's going to happen and you should at all times be able to handle 30,000 people. If that's the capacity of your stadium, you should be able to handle that many people. Um, you know, we, we sat here and talked about and made fun of, you know, the Ikea set down there in Mobile because they couldn't handle it. Well, look at us. Uh, we, We didn't do such a great job ourselves. Um, so I really hope that that's something we can address and fix for the future because it really, a game like this is a wonderful opportunity for Troy fans looking to come back who haven't been in for a while and convince them to, to be a season ticket holder. That this was a wonderful right. opportunity to, to do that. But if you're standing in line for the entirety of a, of a quarter to get a Coke, um, that's not really going to sell some people. So I really hope we can address those things, um, because there are better ways. Um, and I, I'm not going to be the guy to tell them to do that because that's not my job. If they want my opinion, they can call me. Um, but it should, it, that should not be an issue. But I think uh, overall, that was probably the biggest negative, the biggest glaring negative on, on the game day experience. But on the whole, it was wonderful. You know, people were invested. People were up and down cheering. Um, you could feel the, the tension uh, in, the, in the first half because it was not going the way we had anticipated. But we'll talk about that a little more later. Sure. Um, so yeah, we know Brent Jones listens to this podcast, avid listener, um, and I'm mega sure fan. Busily, uh, yes, busily making sure um, that the vet is prepared um, for the crowd that hopefully we're going to see for Senior Day. Um, I want to take a, a brief moment uh, to do a bit of a special report here, Bass um, Bird. Um, obviously, uh, I didn't mention this. Bird uh, not here with us this evening. Um, we will be hearing from him in the Best of the Nest segment, and we look forward. Uh, to Bird joining us uh, next week as we break down this game. Um, but Bird, if you could, um, if you could add a little inspirational music, um, because I, I do need uh, to make a bit of a special report uh, after that game. <clears throat> While we honor every Trojan who competes with the name of our beloved alma mater across their chest, once in a generation, one warrior shines above the rest. A Trojan comes along that proves hard work persistence, and a will to succeed beats out five-star rankings and draft day buzz. We honor these Trojans because of their feats of greatness, and we honor them because we see in their heroic deeds a level of excellence to which we can aspire. Honoring a Trojan who has bravely defended the wall in a way that brings national acclaim to the wiregrass makes us yearn to do our part in extending Troy's fame. So today, we honor such a Trojan made history yesterday. That's right. I'm speaking, of course, of myself. 
who just yesterday entered the top 50 users on Troy fans by number of posts. That is not where um, I thought you were you know, going at all. Well, no, I mean, of, co- of course, that's where I, I mean, that's, I, that's, did something else? Uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, no, well, that did happen uh, in all seriousness. Um, I want to start this off, and he'll be talked about many times throughout this show. A huge shout out uh, to Carlton Marshall, whose 546 tackles have placed him all alone atop the mountain of NCAA career tackles. Um, what a career. Um, you know, I watched a video of uh, Albert Mack and Demarcus Ware and Jarrell Jernigan and several Troy legends um, that, you know, sent him this video congratulating him. Um, you know, it, it, just an absolutely legendary career for Carlton. Uh, in my opinion, the best defender to ever play at Troy. Um, to the members of the committee that decide the Burlesworth Trophy, um, please give this man his hardware immediately. Um, if you do not give him this trophy, uh, you should just shut it down and not give it out anymore. Yeah, the trophy uh, who is, is a shame. more deserving. Yeah, who, who is more deserving um, than this young man? Uh, you know, Bass, you were there when he broke it. I know that was it was exciting to watch. I know it was exciting yeah, to be there when it was announced. Um, any any thoughts on this record or? Just uh, uh, give your flowers. Well, I mean, we, we've been talking about it. It's It's been on the way, and uh, it's here. You know, it, it just keep going, man. You know, why stop now? The ceiling that somebody else has to reach and touch even further than it already is. Congratulations to you, Carlton Marshall. And, again, I'm sure this is not the last time we're going to sing your praises right here. Um, and I really hope we do something wonderful for him uh, for Senior Day next week because uh, – and that was – they put it up on the board and they announced it, but that was it. Uh, and, you know, I was kind of hoping we'd right. have something a little bit extra. You know, uh, we knew this was going to happen. Where was the uh, where's the Sunbelt commissioner? Where was he at? Right. Uh, don't don't tell me he was at the Coastal game. Uh, you well, know, I, in, in all in all, maybe they didn't think he was going to get 20-something tackles uh, in one game. Against a team um, that does nothing but run does, the ball? Right? I, I just right. – <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the real testament to who he was, though, uh, you know, as I was watching on NFL Network, um, you know, they they showed him, obviously, um, were zoomed in on him on the sidelines um, and he was upset. You know, you could tell that that he was he, he was like, this doesn't matter. We're not winning right now. We're not being successful as a team. That's what he was concerned mm-hmm. about. Um, yep. And you know that you wouldn't expect anything less. So, yep. um, just an amazing young man, an amazing career. And like you said, I, I, I'm certain you give Brent Jones a week, um, we will certainly have something really special for Carlton um, on Saturday, um, and hopefully celebrate even more um, in in some fun city like uh, New Orleans or Mobile at the end of the season. Let's get into breaking down this Army game, uh, Troy. Comes in um, heavily favored, nine points, one of the biggest um, spreads we've had coming into a ball game. Uh, ended up winning ten to nine, um, so so not quite the drastic victory that the wise guys predicted. Um, let's talk first about what we didn't like, um, which just like last week um, can also <laughs> be called the first half. Um, Bass, uh, what did you not like uh, from from watching the game on Saturday? Uh, I feel like we had a slow and sloppy start, um, and I feel like that that's kind of been the consistent thing we've talked about here for the past couple of weeks um, that we we've been really slow coming out of the gate. And, you know, John Summerall absolutely knows that he talked about it in his post-game interview. And here's his quote, really proud of our guys finding a way to win. I do not like the way we started the game. Uh, I would be a whole lot more pleased if we could start faster. And that's been 
sort of an issue the last couple games. Clearly, I'm also not going to apologize for winning a game. I think great teams find ways to win, and we put ourselves behind the eight ball a couple times tonight and shot ourselves in the foot. We need to give credit to Army West Point for the way they controlled the first half, and he's not wrong. They really did control that first half of the game. We had a total of six minutes of time of possession in the first half of the game. And that's not going to get you anything. Like your 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 offense, which has been a problem getting going, can't get anything going if they don't have time to develop. They don't have time to do anything. And it doesn't help whenever we're going three and out, uh, one and out and turnover, you know, five and out. Um, we re- we just really couldn't get the the offensive mojo rolling. And then you got a defense who's been playing for 20 some odd minutes. That's you know, almost the entirety of a standard game. So they were gassed out at halftime. So um, I really think the first half was just a real sloppy start. That's that, that's the biggest thing I'm going to say that I did not like from the game. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that. It, here in my notes, I, I have the, the word sloppy written as well. Um, so maybe we'll turn this into kind of like a Chris Farley, Adam Sandler bit. Start oh, it's sloppy! <laughs> right. Sloppy! Um, but- but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to call out two guys that I like a whole lot and have done a whole lot for this team and made huge plays in this game as well. But um, there were some drives where Tez and Ray J both um, really didn't play very well. Um, there was I, I remember Tez had two in a row. Um, Ray J had two passes in a row, one um, where he slipped. Um, it was like a comeback route and, and Gunner went to him and he's on the ground. Um, another where um, Gunner hit him kind of right up the seam, ball hit him in the hands, and he just didn't bring it in. Um, you know, when Gunner is struggling to get the offense going, um, we really need those wide receivers to make big plays for him uh, and, and help him to get things going and, and be that spark. Um, obviously, I think, it, you know, we're missing Barber. Um, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was certainly a spark plug for us. Um, Deion Cray Lewis did some good things, but really those two guys, Tez, um, and Ray J, we really need them to be um, kind of on at all times, which I know is a big expectation. Um, and and they certainly made their impact later in the game. But some of those early drives, I felt like they were really off. Um, let's talk about what we liked, uh, kind of the second half of the game. Um, you know, Bass, I, I feel like special teams never gets a lot of love. Um, but I think that Troy fans really um, need to recognize – all the special teams, but in particular, um, Mike Rivers and Brooks Buse um, for being absolutely automatic um, at their positions. Uh, you know, Brooks, uh, apart from giving his best uh, blue steel look from Zoolander on the game day, poster, um, proved uh, once again uh, what a weapon a solid kicker can be. And if you don't believe me, um, go back and watch our opponent. You know, um, a, a, a missed extra point. Um, and then mm-hmm. with 15 seconds left, a missed kick. Um, and we talked about um, last week on this very podcast um, that that um, Mitski, I think, um, was only really good up to about 35, 38 mm-hmm. yards at the most. Um, and, and, you know, we don't have those kind of concerns. When we were playing that school of Mobile, you know, we got we were in a position for Brooks to hit a 50 yarder. Um, and I don't know about you, but they, yeah. I didn't have a lot of concern. Um, and, no, not on we, special teams. I, I love watching. That. Yeah, I love watching Boom Boom go out there. I love watching Brooks Buse go out there. Uh, it, it's comforting to know that our special teams really is on lock. Absolutely, yeah. And we, we don't need to take that for granted, um, you know, and and certainly need to appreciate those guys. I was proud to see Brooks on the game day poster, um, even if uh, my wife liked the game day poster a little bit too much, actually. Um, <laughs> but Bass, what a, what what did you like about the game, um, particularly in that second half? 
Uh, well, in particular in the second half, I think that our offense really, really clicked. We made some good halftime adjustments, um, and we made some things happen. Was it beautiful? No. Was it what I want to see regularly from us? No. But we did enough to win the game. Um, defense, you know, I I can't say anything more about them. You know, they were on the field for a little over 37 minutes in total. They let up a lot of yards. They let up 357 yards. But if you had watched the Army game, go back and watch their offensive offensive scheme run. And it, that was the phrase that came up a lot in Section 116. It's like a bunch of ants. They go everywhere. So it, it was hard um, to defend their offensive scheme because it was really difficult to see what was going on. Even in the stands, like we were bamboozled sometimes as to where the ball was. Um, so I could only imagine what it's like being on the field and you only have so, you know, so much field of vision, um, trying to figure out where the ball's at. So, uh, army came in with a wonderful game plan. Um, they clearly knew where the holes were on our defense. Um, and they, they exploited them. Uh, they, I feel like they really did come in with a solid game plan to potentially come away with a win. And, you know, like you were talking about earlier, they had those couple missed kicks. If they had made either one of the two, this may have been a very different game. But I feel like right. we did what we needed to do to seal the deal and move on. And I guess we do need to to say, um, you know, they talked about on the NFL Network broadcast, um, there was a flu outbreak in the Troy program. Um, it, it apparently, if you listen to the uh, the commentary there, affected the defense much more heavily than the offense. Um, not only in some guys that weren't available, but also um, just in practice time, got, you know, time in the film room. Um, yeah, and that's exactly issues. what you need. Um, you know, yeah. And it's exactly what you need when the triple option comes to town. Um, you know, you got to put your nerd glasses on, um, and go learn what your assignment is. And we just didn't have the ability to do that because, um, of some flu issues, which is unfortunate. I pray that every, you know, they're young, healthy guys. I'm sure everybody's going to be fine, but, um, you know, we, we faced some adversity, came through it. Um, let's talk about overall takeaway. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, Beth, I'm usually um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. You know, you, I'm, I'm like a kid leaving the doctor, you know, give me a lollipop uh, and I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, give me a win, you know, for Troy. And, and I, I'm 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 not going to complain too much. But, um, you know, how many times are we going to talk about this offense, Beth? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I really thought that this game was going to be when we turned the corner. I thought we were going to – you know, had you asked me, you know, what's the score going to be? I honestly thought we were looking at, you know, 35 to 10. And, that Troy, you know, 35 points for Troy, um, you know, we would have looked like the Kansas City Chiefs out there in my mm-hmm. mind, you know. Um, I, I thought this is when we were going to put it together, um, and we didn't. And maybe that is related to the flu, and, and, and I get all that. Um, but – that's my overall takeaway. You know, we, we are having a great season. We have officially won as many games as anybody on this podcast predicted that we would win, and we still have two games to go, um, right. and likely, you know, at least one more. Um, so, I mean, no one's saying this is a bad season. No one's apologizing for winning games. Um, but, boy, howdy, um, we got to score some points, um, mm-hmm. and we got to figure out how to do it. You know, I mean, and, and, and I'm hoping maybe – um, this next week can be the game um, where we kind of I, I feel like it's, you know, we just it's like there's a clog. And if we could just, you know, push it out and have a game where we score, you know, four or five, six touchdowns, that it really would start to kind of 
move everything along. But but that's my overall takeaway. Is we, we just we still have a lot of work to do. Um, what's your overall takeaway, Bass? Yeah, I I'm, I agree with you. I think the offense yeah, needs to be addressed, uh, and, and it we cannot wait anymore. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out. I'm gonna put the amber alert out for Jarrett Dagey. I don't know where he was. Um, I'll put the I'll put the amber out alert out for Mr. Billingsley as well. You know I. I would have liked to have seen some some rotation in and out for what we've been doing because uh, I'm not saying that Gunner was not you know solid there in the back half, but uh, if we see that it's not going the way we need it to go, we need to do something different. Um, and I just feel like we we are refusing to do that. Um, but we got we got to figure something out. Um, there there were some times that I feel like the play calling was questionable, like third and one. We've been rushing the ball, and we've been rather successful rushing the ball, and then we're going to throw it. Why? Just hand it off and get the extra yard. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. There, there were just some things that were, uh, to me, questionable. But uh, uh, again, I'm just, I'm just a popcorn eater in section one sixteen. But um, I think on the whole, we need to make some adjustments because this team coming up, Monroe sneaky, that uh, they will jump up and grab you super quickly. Um, and I'm going to talk about their offense here in a couple minutes, but their offense is actually better um, than they were at the start of the year. Um, so our offense has got to put some points on the board because uh, I feel like Monroe will put points up against our defense. It's, you know, gassed out on the season. We can't lean on them for the rest of the season. We got to do something now to adjust. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, we won 10 to nine. Yep. Um, as Coach Summerall says, not going to apologize for a win. Obviously some work to do. Um Let's take one last look at this game by coaxing our friend Bird um, with some, uh, you know, seeds on a little thing of peanut butter that we made at yep. VBS uh, and see if he'll peck at them uh, and tell us who is this week's. Let me stop you right there, Joe. There's only one name that I need to say, and that name is Carlton Marshall. That's it. That's your best in the nest this week. All right. Thank you, Birdman. Um, obviously, another little bit of congratulations uh, for the man, the myth, the legend, Carlton Marshall. That's right. He deserves it. No um, shock there. Bass, now it is time for us to turn the page um, and look ahead to the University of Louisiana Monroe Warhawks, uh, which are going to be coming in to beautiful Troy, Alabama. I'm so excited. Um, to be returning myself to the vet. Um, my, you know, my lungs were finally at mid-season form to make some noise, um, and they have been wasted uh, yelling at a laptop screen. So I'm excited to be back in 116, uh, celebrate Senior Day and helping our Trojans get a win. Um, the Warhawks follow Coach Bowden down, having amassed a 4-6 and six record overall. Um, they're 3-3 three and three in conference, which is actually good enough for third place in the West. Right? Um because I mean, I, the West is just—it's like the Hunger Games, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, who's in fourth place? Katniss Everdeen. Like, I mean, it's—it's it's absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, they've won their last two Sun Belt games by one point and three points, respectively, um, including a surprise win over Georgia State, yeah, um, which was their win. first win. Yeah, and it was their first win on the road since I was a freshman in high school seventy-nine years ago. Um, so, I mean, that was a big moment. Um, for UL Monroe, they hadn't done that in quite a while. Um, Troy enters the game leading this series uh, ten to eight with one tie between the two schools. Um, 
However, last season, after our talk with Director of Broadcasting Nick White, um, ULM actually upset Troy down in Monroe. Maybe we gave away uh, too much vital intel, Bass. You know, it's Nick possible. was such a nice guy. Uh, you know, and 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 he just he he talked us out of uh, out of the blueprints. Um, so so Bass, uh, I guess go ahead and get us started. What do you think about this Warhawk offense so far this season? Well, the Warhawk offense is led by quarterback Chandler Rogers. He's a sophomore. He's young. They they still got some time with this young man. He's a uh, 182 for 264 on the season. That's 69 percent. Nice for uh, 2,136 yards, averaging 8.1 yards of completion. That's impressive. Um, you know, if you have a quarterback that completes, you know, uh, seven out of 10 times, you're getting eight yards on average doing that. That, that That's respectable. Um, and this man can scramble. Uh, he's held the ball 113 times, which is more than their leading rusher and averages 2.3 yards a carry. Uh, so Mr. Rogers can uh, be a weapon for them if we uh, collapse the pocket, which we will do. Um, so look for Mr. Rogers to scramble. And then for running, you got Malik Jackson. He's a junior, uh, 112 carries for 452 yards, averaging 3.7 yards a carry. Um, so whenever they're kind of you know stuck in a weird pickly spot and they need two more yards, uh, Mr. Jackson, here you go. Um, they can score. They average 24.2 uh, points a game. Uh, which is more than Troy. Um, you know, not saying that that's a bad thing, but the problem with it is um, our defense is, you know, practicing up against a team that does not historically score well, and they're going to be going up against a team that does score well. But the issue for the Warhawks is not really their offense. Their offense is pretty good, and that's where I'm going to hand it off to you because I really think the defense is the problem for the Warhawks. Oh, yeah. The defense is definitely an issue. Um, they've currently allowed more points to be scored against them, 189, um, than any other team in the West Division. Um, that includes 48 points to the Army squad um, that our flu-ridden defense just held to nine points for the whole game. Um, obviously, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for our offense uh, to have a get-right game against the 103rd-ranked defense in the land. Um, you know, being ranked 103rd, uh, is only good at like the Boston Marathon um, or like, uh, you know, maybe 103 is good on like a third grade spelling test, you know, if you get a bonus point or something. That's right, the state spelling uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 103 is not great um, in this in this instance. It's more like a temperature at this point. You don't want it to be 103. Um, as far as individual folks to watch, uh, I would keep your eye on Thomasville, Alabama native Zach Woodard. Uh, and Texas native Tristan Driggers. Um, they're both at linebacker. They've combined for 77 tackles. Um, so, you know, they, they certainly will be an issue um, for some of our kind of more um, uh, pedestrian running type plays, trying to trying to open up things in the middle. Um, ULM had a great special teams day against Georgia State over in Atlanta, uh, including a block a blocked punt they returned for a touchdown um however they have a very low net punting average you know we talked about that mm -hmm. team mobile having a low and they were at like 37 yeah that field uh, placement's gonna 30. matter yeah yeah and ulm's at 32 yards um so that's not i mean mike rivers um you know he hits a ball further than 32 yards before eight o'clock in the morning every day you know? right. um, so i mean that's that's not great uh however on the other side um callum sutherland 
um, may just be one of the best place kickers in the Sun Belt. Um, he makes about 90% of his kicks, um, but that 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 10% is just one kick. So it, it makes it sound worse to say 90%. He's only missed one, uh, but his long is 54. Mm-hmm. And that was last um, that, week against Georgia State. Yeah, and that's long enough to play on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's a leg. So, um, you know, definitely um, kind of a mixed bag for them on special teams. But we do need to be aware that, you know, even if they get close to midfield, um, they're going to be able to score some points, which obviously wasn't a threat that we had from Army. Um, they just, you know, didn't have that capability. Um, so how do we feel, Bass? I, you know, you uh, you are a Gulf Coast guy, so you have yeah. access to – uh, some shadier uh, sports betters than I do. That's I couldn't correct. find a line on this one. Um, uh, that, there I, is I a line. Uh, the line is 15 and a half in favor of the Trojans. No, it isn't. It is. No, it, it isn't. It is. It's 15 and a half. What? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Doing, hey, so were people you, doing uh, hallucinogens when they made that? <laughs> it's 15 and a half. And the money line is and yeah, a half. And the money line is minus seven hundred, so it's going to continue to spread that way. Like it's going to keep moving. I, I don't know. Fifteen and a half. Look, look. I'm not a betting person. If we, tro- if I, we I, score, <laughs> if we score more than fifteen points, I on this podcast. Here, let me look drink at my a beer out of source. my shoe. I'll look at my second source just to just to make sure I'm not lying to you too hard. Yeah, it's fifteen and a half here too. Fifteen and a half. That is. Yep. And the over under. I mean, I'm. The over under is forty six point five. So they expect this to be what is that thirty, and then the other way something else. Right. They expect us to score thirty points. Thirty points. Yeah. Okay. I guess is Levi Brown back on campus and <laughs> Damien Willis and those guys. Are they- <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Look, 15 I'm not a betting person. I'm not going to drive myself down to Pascagoula and, and hit up the, you know, the BP and, uh, you know, please my, don't, they do not, not take going, checks. Yeah. Don't the travelers checks. But, um, if, if <laughs> I, I don't know that 15, no, I, I don't know. Nope. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that. Okay. One. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk the line, um, because obviously <laughs> it's being made, you know, by like monkeys hitting a keyboard or something. Uh, you know, Bass, do you think there's any chance that the Trojans dropped this senior day game at home against ULM? We all picked Troy to win. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, now that now that we're on top of this game, um, and it's not the heat of the summer is gone, it's freezing in the grandest valley in Alabama where mm-hmm. I am this evening. Um, so you know, now that we're getting a really close look at it, Troy comes away with a win or drops this one. I it's going to be close. If our offense can get itself together, we'll walk away with a win. But if our offense performed like it did this past week, we will not walk away with a win. Um, but it'll be close. It will not be 15 and a half. Uh, I'll see. I see us winning this game three to seven points in that range. But I do have us with a win. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that we win this one. I, I, I think I'm just, I'm so blown away. I apologize. I, I just cannot. I'm completely wrecked by when you said the phrase 15 and a half, I thought you were joking. (laughs) So like, we will not cover that. I don't believe so. If we do, like I said, um, you know, my, I got some shoes on. And and that's all the more reason to not listen to us, you know, for, for betting, for betting news, but (laughs) I guess don't listen to any, but do not listen to whoever came up with that line. But yeah, I think we win. Um, You know, I think it's probably another game where, you know, win between, you know, four and seven points, something like that. 
Um, I would love that. You know, we come out and win 30 to 15. Boy, I don't, I will be a, a happy man, but I, I just don't see it. Um, let's take one last deep dive um, into this game um, and interview our good friend Tibbs from the Fun Belt podcast. Uh, he agreed to come on and represent his ULM uh, Warhawks. Uh, be sure to enjoy this segment um, and also go listen to their podcast. It is inconceivably good. Um, so please, uh, yeah, let's let's dive into this week's Know Your Foe. All right, everybody, welcome in to this week's Know Your Foe. Uh, we are so excited uh, to welcome in Tibbs from the Fun Belt Podcast. Tibbs, how are you doing this evening? Good, man. It's uh, always good to talk to some guys from, uh, you know, the Yellowhammer State and uh, see what happens this week and as the world turns of the Fun Belt uh, world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last season, we talked to Nick White, um, who's the director of broadcasting for you guys, um, and then you shocked the world and beat us, which you weren't supposed to do. Um, so we're never talking to Nick again, uh, even though he was <laughs> a great guest. So um, so we're going to enjoy talking to you, but but hopefully we don't have the same results. Um, obviously, as I said, uh, co-host of the Fun Belt podcast, please, uh, Troy Boys folks, uh, go listen to that podcast. It's really, uh, really good. Um, they cover the whole conference, all the sports. Um, I listen to it every week, um, and you should too. Um, so, Tibbs, if you would, go ahead and just talk to me about um, – you know, what's your connection to ULM? How did you uh, get in, get involved and become such a vocal fan for the Warhawks? It all started when uh, I left uh, good old Auburn High back in 97 and headed to Northeast Louisiana University, now known as ULM. Had such a great time that nine years later, they finally gave me a piece of paper and told me not to come back. Um, right around 99, 2000, started uh, – NLIndians.com, NLUindians.com, and that kind of evolved into Go ULM and eventually Warhawk Report when it was acquired through Rivals to cover recruiting and do some team stories there as well uh, as run the message board. Just been doing it ever since. Seen uh, the Sun Belt really come into existence from that. We hope that we can get to five wins so that they'll accidentally let us in the New Orleans Bowl to be in one of the premier G5 leagues. Last year really started the Fun Belt podcast as a way to kind of promote the league. I mean, it's a great league from top to bottom, all the way around. You know, we were talking off air before we started, just kind of about this game even. You come into this year not really knowing what to expect with Troy, with the new coaching staff, a lot of new faces, ULM still going through a rebuild. This isn't a game that, that that's really one that would have jumped out at me coming into the year. But you look at it now, ULM, winners of two straight, heart-stopping wins somehow, some way. Troy with, with a nail-biter there last week against Army. This is going to be another classic, old, almost Southland-type game between NLU and Troy State. Yes, I added the state. Sorry, I'm kicking it back to the old <laughs> Southland days. But this is going to be one of those good classic slugfest games. And this is what the league needs. This is what this game needs to have to to really live up to that Sunbelt West rivalry type game that it's become. Yeah, right. And back whenever we had Coach Blakeney um, as our head coach, he would – regularly say when this game would come up that Monroe is one of those teams that's always difficult to beat, even if you don't think they're going to be difficult to beat. You need to always watch out for them because they always play that sneaky brand of football. 
Um, but what do you feel about this year's season of body of work so far? I know you're probably not at the record that y'all expect to be sitting at, but I've been saying uh, pretty regularly now on our podcast that this is a game we need to watch out for because if there's going to be one week that I think we're going to slip up, this might be it. Um, so what, what do you think about this year's uh, ULM Warhawks? I think I think ULM is is right where honestly I thought they would be. I think it was kind of different games that they would have won. I wouldn't have picked like Georgia State, for instance, but maybe that they would have uh, beat someone else somewhere along the line. Sitting at four wins right now, though, is about where I expected them to in kind of the year one of the rebuild to implement all the roster changes that he wanted to make, and then with the staff turnover, it really kind of punched the reset button again on that rebuild. But four wins is about what's expecting. I just hope that it's not a repeat of last year where it was a four-win season, but then three games decided by a score or less, knowing Mm -hmm. you were that close to bowl eligibility with a team that was not meant to compete and was not in a position to really compete, but really played above themselves and really had the great coaching there of Bowden and company to uh, be in that position to be that close in so many games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've had a lot of close games. You know, ULM, like you were just talking about, that Georgia State game, you pulled off that 13-and-a-half-point underdog upset over Georgia State. Special teams played a huge role in that game. Uh, you know, in the second quarter, you all had that block punt for the touchdown. And then the 54-yard field goal in the fourth quarter to really put you all in striking distance to seal the deal. Um, what do you think that ULM has done over the past couple weeks to really – just get over that little bit of a hump. You were talking about you played a lot of close games. You played Coastal to seven points as a loss. You played South Alabama to seven points as a loss. Um, you played a lot of really close games. Louisiana uh, was four points. I still call them Lafayette. I don't know what y'all call them. It's probably You probably have more choice words than we do for them. Um, <laughs> but they'll always be Lala in my heart. Yeah, you asked what, what really kind of flipped the switch, and I, I really think it was that – whooping they took up at West Point you know that was loss number six on the year and and from there it's it's really how bad do you want to go to the postseason it's easy to say oh we want to go to a ball game you know we've only ever been to one we need to be the the team that's the second one to ever go and the first one to win a ball game but you're not going to get there based on that performance against Army it was a great first half don't get me wrong but you got to play all four quarters, and and sometimes you even jokingly say you got to play five quarters just to make sure you play all the way through. They they they're kind of backed into a corner right now, and so I think that that Army game though really changed the focus of this team, where it's it's now as cliche as it is of a one and zero mentality. That's the way this team is approaching it because if they don't beat Troy this week, it really doesn't matter what happens the rest of the season because that puts them below the possibility of hitting six wins for bowl eligibility. So it's a true one one season game or one game season rather for these next two weeks. You got us coming up and then you got Southern Miss coming up after that. Um, you know, I think those are probably two difficult games. But yeah, I've been saying for a while that Troy's offense really has not been to the caliber that we need. Um probably to perform at a level against Monroe's offense. You know, y'all like to put up some points um, whenever given the opportunity. Uh, it looks like on average you're around 30 or so points a game, um, which is impressive. And, and you put that up against our average is probably somewhere around 14. Uh, it's it's not really a lot. And at the end of the day, points matter. I understand that our defense is really uh, stout and, and high-quality defense, but we can't 
bank on him every week. So I really do anticipate this being a really close game. But I want to know what your predictions are coming up this coming weekend as the Trojans take on the Warhawks in beautiful Troy, Alabama. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I'm upset that I won't be there for that game. I haven't been there since they did that uh, new addition there um, where the big screen is. It wouldn't surprise me for any outcome, honestly, in this game. And I know that's kind of maybe the sea uh, uh, chicken uh, type of answer there for it. But it wouldn't surprise me to see U, uh, ULM come in and just roll over and Troy rolls on to another victory for them. It wouldn't surprise me to see ULM squeak out another field goal safety missed PAT by Troy, you know, one-point victory for the Warhawks. Wouldn't surprise me there. Wouldn't surprise me to see Troy squeak out another win like they did last week against uh, Army. The, there's really no expectations or, or surprise that I could see coming out of this game. I, I, I think it's just going to shake out. It's going to be a great game, and it, it's really going to be – the indicator of, of where the Warhawks are. Are, are. are they actually in serious contention to try to get the six wins and bowl eligibility, or have they just been lucky these past two weeks in trying to take the next step forward with a good competitive, as bad as that sounds, game against Troy? So uh, we're big people, uh, and living here in the South, uh, we find it very important uh, to find quality places to dine uh, quality places to eat. So if, if some Troy Trojans were to find themselves next year when we head to Monroe um, to play you guys, what would be the one local place you'd recommend that we'd go find something to eat? And what is the one dish you recommend that we get? So definitely the one place you got to go to, it's it's a good staple in Monroe, is right by the stadium of Waterfront Grill. They have a catfish desired which is basically a fillet of catfish with crawfish etouffee poured on top of rice. Uh-huh. Yep. It is fantastic. I can get behind it. That sounds, it sounds delicious. That sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> and, and then Monroe has somehow moved over to the East Coast that they now have the infamous Bojangles. In- oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's going to get you them biscuits from Bojangles. Yeah, Bo Rounds. You know, ha- having traveled a lot up and down the East Coast, yes, I've been to Bojangles. No, I really don't see the big deal about it. I'm sorry because I love some Popeyes. Um, but those biscuits, I'll put them up against anybody's. Mm-hmm. They're good. Except Bojangles maybe the old Hardee's. The old Hardee's biscuits were definitely the best. Delicious. Yeah, you're right. That's. Respect to a real one. Hardy's used to be the real deal. Um, we have Jackson now in Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, you when you said Auburn High School, Auburn in Alabama, right? That is correct. Okay, oh, so you and you might be familiar with Jax. Jax is pretty solid. Um, but uh, but those are some great choices. Waterfront Grill is actually um, where Nick told us to go last time. So we haven't. We now have two votes. See that? Yeah, got to make two recommendations. It has to happen. And we've got to. Well, we got to hope that they don't put you on the menu, Seabass. I don't want you covered in <laughs> crawfish etouffee uh, on a bed of rice. I'll <laughs> right? just put a lock on the top of my uh, my cage, whatever it's called, my bowl. <laughs> we'll, well, my cat, my cage. Look, we go. We'll put a lid on the bowl. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I'll give um, you the bonus place that you got to go to as well. It's uh, Magic grill for the roast beef po' boy. I do like that. Every time I go there, I say I gotta get something different, and every time it's the exact same word that comes out of my mouth. Half beef po' boy. <laughs> cheese only, extra fries, extra gravy. 
and I leave out of there just ready to hurl. That I love it. Awesome. I like. I like yeah, good roast beef bull boy as well. That's good stuff. That's good. Yeah, stuff. the Sun Belt might be a, sneakily like one of the best food football conferences as well. Um, everybody we talk to has these amazing recommendations. So uh, definitely a great conference for visiting around and getting some delicious things um, to eat. Uh, even in Boone, although you have to put up with App State fans, um, which is sometimes mm. a fate worse than death. But <laughs> their food is good. Um, <laughs> Tibbs, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Again, everyone, please go like the Fun Belt podcast. Uh, it is always a good time, um, and they cover the whole league. Um, you know, got some got an Arkansas State guy on there, so so some old schools that, that we're familiar with, but they cover everybody, and, and they they're, uh, do their best to stay neutral, um, and they have a good time when they're doing it. So um, thank you so much, Tibbs, for making the podcast. We really enjoy it, um, and thank you for being our Know Your Foe guest this week. Sounds great, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, down in good old Troyland for y'all hosting the first ever Sunbelt Conference Championship oh, game. That'd be so nice. We would love that. Absolutely. Man, I can't believe you're that excited to see me. I I, I would be. You come on down. <laughs> Absolutely. <You're> welcome anytime. <laughs> Special thanks uh, to Tibbs from the Fun Belt Podcast. Please, once more, um, go listen to the podcast, like, review, share it around. They do a great job covering the conference. Um, really, really fantastic. Um, and, and so, so thankful for Tibbs. Um, and this, I'm just going to, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to say this might not be the last time um, that, that you get a little bit of the Fun Belt Podcast here with the Troy Boys. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say any more than that. A little foreshadowing. Um, Exactly. Gotta love it. Uh, Bass, let's turn to my absolute favorite segment of the day. Um, You know, the tackle box. I'm going to open up the tackle box, see what kind of lures Trojan Nation has been sending in to the Troy boys um, to try to catch the bass. They want to catch the bass slipping. They want to put you on a bed of rice and cover you in crawfish etouffee. Mm. Uh, And and it's my job just to throw their lure in the water, Bass. Um, So, um, Bess, we got several questions sent to us during the Army game and directly after the Army game um, that basically got to the same point. Um, and you talked about it earlier. Um, you know, for I guess, do we need to call those, uh, you know, um, the Pike County's finest that we put out uh, to try to find Tucker Kilcrease and see if they can find Jarrett Dagey as well? You're probably um, in the same place. If he, <laughs> is, if he is safely on campus, would you like to have seen him be put into the game? Uh, mm-hmm. Many on the board certainly voiced that opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, or was the stagnation not all Gunner's fault? Maybe a replacement was not um, the solution. So so what are your thoughts there uh, regarding uh, Daigie? <clears throat> well, I, I like Daigie, and I think we all know that. I do not dislike Gunner, but I prefer Daigie. Um, and, and the main reason is because Daigie has a really a better pocket awareness than I feel like Gunner does. Um, you know, Gunner can sling the ball, you know, it's, he has a great name, uh, for, as a quarterback, but, uh, when you're going up against a team that, that just like I said earlier in section 116, that was our literal phrase, they're ants. They were, our army was everywhere. They were grown men charging to Gunner and there was only so much we could do. Um, and, and he either had to hurry up and get rid of the ball and accuracy was not stellar. Or he just took it. Um, and I feel like Daggy may have been a little bit better in those situations. Um, so, yeah, I, I really do. I think that, that we should have started Daggy. I think we should have left Daggy in. 
Um, you know, we kind of put Gunner between a rock and a hard place against Lala um, and kind of forced him to figure it out. But Gunner wasn't the one that figured it out to win the game. I, mean, I don't mean to be that guy, but he wasn't. Um, so why do we leave him in this situation? I, I think that we need to – I think we need to rotate him out. I do. Uh, I, 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 there must be something that goes on at practice um, that makes Joe Craddock for some reason think that Gunner is just like the clear odds-end favorite. But when you walk in with a quarterback transfer from West Virginia, Western Kentucky to here um, with the kind of record and, and resume that he has and we're not using him, I, I'm just confused by that. Um, but I, I think Daggy is something we should should definitely consider against the Warhogs. Yeah, we'll have to see. You know, maybe there was a flu issue or something like that. Um, but it just does seem like for a while we were kind of, um, like I said, we had the Mighty Ducks offense. You know, we would go out, one guy would start, and when he struggled, the other guy would come in and kind of be the hero. Um, and now it seems that the Flying V has been abandoned. Um, and we're, you know, full in on Gunner. Um, you know, obviously we both like Gunner a lot. Gunner's a great Trojan. Um, and I thought there were some great moments for him. I, I do want to talk about – the touchdown that we scored, um, you know, I, I think Gunner scored two touchdowns on that. On that oh kind of yeah! Oh my god! I, I think I think I think Ray J was in. Um, even when you watched it on TV, it sure looked like he was in. I mean, we had like Kusa um, officials calling that one. That was right. That was bad. Yeah, he was totally yeah, in. And, and then they, they trusted Gunner again. I mean, and that says something. You know, that fourth down, it was it was do or die. Um, because, you know, you give Army 90-something yards in front of their offense, and they're delighted because they're mm-hmm. you know, we can run off the whole rest of the half. Yeah, I'm about to say we can literally um, kill and, the clock. Mm-hmm. Right, and and he got it to Tez and and, and changed the game around. So, um, you know, Gunner did some great things. I'm a little surprised that we seem to have abandoned um, kind of that two-quarterback system, but, but who knows? Maybe we'll see um, on this Saturday. Um, he is – uh, Jarrett is a senior, so we should at least see him run out for senior day. Um, and if not, I will be on the horn with the Detectives Bureau uh, at the Troy City Police and see see if we can't find where Daggy ended up. Um, time for the final segment of the show um, and, and a segment which actually this week um, is kind of a refresher for me. I've, I have been in Vermont, beautiful Vermont, um, but it is a little chilly up there. Uh, so I am actually looking forward to this little jaunt um, into the absolute inferno that is the Troyfans.com hot take of the week. So this week's hot, hot take, it is. It's much warmer than Vermont. It's much <laughs> warmer even than like uh, Mordor. Um, <laughs> but but this this week throw it in. Uh, it had. It, <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah. I had to. No, that's all. That's all I think about. When I, every time I go on Troy fans, I I picture you and Bird just screaming at me to throw it in, and, and as right. I'm posting yet another post, me going yeah. no, um, yeah. you know, cause I, cause and the I Bird's just, the one that takes away. us out after we throw it in. He is the one, it you know, is. And, then, and then it's you, <laughs> and you got the fishbowl, and there I am, just flip flapping, like, <laughs> and we're flying out. <laughs> Oh God. oh God! If we have somebody um, that's really this good week, at this whole uh, video editing stuff, I need you to make that. I need you to take that scene and put Josh's face on the bird, and then put Joe there with a fish tank flying out. I need it. <laughs> yeah, that's you know 
get get on it, uh, graphic designers now, uh, who probably have much better things to do. With their <laughs> time. Um, this week's hot take had to be one that honors uh, the man of the hour, Carlton Marshall. Um, there was a whole thread made. Um, obviously, you know, if you went to Troy fans right now and did Control F uh, and typed in Carlton or Marshall. Um, you're going to find a lot of posts. Um, you know, people were just so proud uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and this one made me chuckle. So so the winner for this week uh, is this. Uh, quote, in the coming days, kids all over the wiregrass will be named Carlton or Marshall or, since we're in the South, Carlton Marshall. Congratulations, young man. It's been an honor to follow your career, end quote. <laughs> That's um, good. You know, I, no, I honestly, I have a, um, I have someone in my family um, that is, was named after um, an Alabama quarterback, um, John Wilson. Um, and so, you know, Carlton Marshall is a great namesake. Um, and hopefully some people do that. Carlton Marshall is a great name. Uh, and what a better, uh, you, you know, very few people better uh, for a young person to aspire to as their namesake uh, than Carlton Marshall. Um, I also want to give a special uh, hot take shout out uh, to the people that run TroyFans.com, um, because this week they added the Troy Boys to the navigation <gasps> bar of the website. All right, here it is. This is the fourth time I've ever gone to Troy Fans because I've got to see it. Yeah, if you go over to TroyFans.com, which I've been telling you all to do since this podcast started, um, you'll see at the top um, mm-hmm. the Troy Boys link uh, right next to the Trojan Wall. Oh, I see Those it. guys do great things. Yeah, yeah. What is so, it? Where does it um, go? Oh, it, goes to our, it goes to our uh, anchor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So so thank you so much um, to the admins over at Troy Fans. I, I don't know who you are. Um, I wish I did so that I could thank you in person. But um, we're so proud um, to to have been recognized and, and for you to have linked us. And, um, you know, we, we obviously do everything we can to get people to take part in the TroyFans.com community. Um, and we appreciate you sharing some love uh, with the boys. So so please uh, go to TroyFans.com, um, you know, admire the Troy Boys link, um, and then register for an account if you don't have one, um, and, and get started. Enjoy the message board life. Uh, it is a lot of fun. There is a lot of fire takes, um, but there's also mm-hmm. uh, just a lot of great conversation um, and and a lot of uh, you know a lot of Troy pride in there. It's 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 a good time. I promise you'll enjoy it. Um, well, Bass, we've done it again. Uh, we figured out a way to weasel over an hour um, of our listeners' time away from them uh, as we broke down the Army game and then uh, getting ready for UL Monroe. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, as we head into this big clash with the Warhawks uh, on Saturday. Absolutely. Let's let's pack the vet senior day. Let's uh, show some appreciation for our graduating seniors. Um, like, rate, subscribe, review, all those wonderful things. Find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and then go over to troytrojans.com slash bowl22 and go ahead and put your deposit down for your 2022 bowl tickets um, and that deposit, if you choose not to go to that bowl game, because we don't know where it's going to be yet, we'll go towards purchasing some community hero tickets for next season. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, go on down, do that. Um, and, you know, as always go Trojans, John 316. So what now what let's take on the Warhawks. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Please go to troytrojans.com slash bowl 22. Um, you know, you should be buying a Troy ticket for a fireman from Andalusia anyway. Okay. The fact that you haven't, uh, you know, your mother would be disappointed in you. So <laughs> if that's the worst thing that happens, uh, you know, that'll be a pretty good day. So go um, put your deposit down, show these bowls. You know, we, we're um, in a lot of the, the projections that you see, um, you know, we're getting selected out of the what's called the ESPN pool because ESPN owns so many of these bowls now. Um, and there's not the bowl tie ins aren't what they used to be. Um, so ESPN really has the leverage to oh, kind yeah. of make make interesting matchups like right now, for example, um, there are a lot of uh, places putting us in the Frisco Bowl against Fresno, um, which is out in um, Frisco, Texas, uh, outside of Dallas. Um you know, so and, and that's great. I would love to do that wherever we go is fine with me. Um, but one thing that's going to play into that is for our university to be able to say, well, look, we have these people, all these people who've already, you know, paid a deposit. They, you know, that's how much they're excited about a postseason run. So please um, go ahead and do that. Um, you know, this is this has been a special team. I don't care how the games have been won. Um, sometimes it's been hard to watch. Uh, I've lost my voice more times than I can count. Um, but we've won the games. We're eight and two. Um, very few people uh, predicted us to to have eight wins at all. Um, even fewer thought we'd have eight wins still with two games to go. Um, so please uh, go out um, and make that support known uh, for your team. So these bowl committees know uh, Troy fans are serious. We're back um, and we're ready to go bowling. Um, Bass, thank you so much. Uh, for joining us, all of you, thank you for listening. Um, you know, like, subscribe, review. Uh, you know, Birdman, sorry that we didn't have you this week. Can't wait to bring you back next week. As always, go Trojans, and God bless you, Blaze Brown.